Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Hey, everybody. So today I want to talk about how to build a call center and specifically how to build a call center in a country like the Philippines um, and work with people who are great to work with and uh, will be able to make your business grow significantly in a way that allows you to be scalable and efficient. And a lot of you guys have asked me about what it's like to build a call center and what it's like to build an offshore call center. And so I wanna talk about that today, how we're doing it for ourselves and also how we're doing it for our clients. So one of the first things that you should know if you're thinking about building an offshore call center is that you really do have to be very specific about what you're looking for. So for example, you wanna be very clear in the job responsibilities, the requirements, et cetera. When we first started our call center experience and building one out about two years ago, we were a little bit lost and we didn't really know exactly what to do. And the reason we actually started building one out is because we were working with some billion dollar companies and we noticed that we were actually losing some contracts to companies that had call centers and specifically ones that had call centers offshore specifically in the Philippines as well. And this was because it was very efficient system for building a call center out in the Philippines. And so, you know, for me, we thought, okay, well, what if we did the same thing? You know, they love working with us. We have a great team. I spend time every single day talking to our team offshore in the Philippines. And so I definitely enjoy working with the people in the Philippines. And so we started building it up. And at first, you know, we went on all the typical job boards, there's onlinejobs.ph, there's a lot of different ones you can use. And I just typically recommend just going to those job boards, checking them out and seeing if there's any opportunities there for you to explore for your team. Now, again, when I say you want to be specific, this is because, at least from our experience working with people in the Philippines, they're expecting very specific job requirements. Otherwise, they may not work with you. They don't really want people who are figuring things out. They want people who can tell them exactly what they're going to be getting into so that they can have job security as a contractor working with your business. I don't really recommend bringing on people from other countries if you don't have a process in place because it can cause them to feel uncomfortable and not want to move forward working with your organization. I mean, think about it from their perspective, right? If you were in their shoes and you were working with a company and they were still figuring things out, you probably would be less incentivized to keep working with them. And so what I typically recommend, especially with all these tools like ChatGPT and these AI tools, what we've done is we've actually created SOPs, so standard operating procedures that lay out exactly what every single person is going to be getting in the Philippines if they're working with us. So the exact job responsibilities, the exact requirements all laid out for them in advance. So that way they feel really comfortable working with our team. So that's the first thing. And remember, I mean, this is important because you're working with people who are from another country. You're from another country too when you're working with them, and you know, obviously. So they want to make sure that they're getting into something that they can trust, that they feel they can work with. And unfortunately, there is a lot of exploitation in these situations. And so they are wary of 
of working with countries from abroad. And so if you want to be a forthright company, which most of them are, I mean, most of the businesses, almost all like 95%, I would say that I've seen work without offshore talent are doing a good job and doing a great job and treating their workers appropriately. But there are some that aren't. And so it's very important to just keep that in mind and make sure that you're treating people ethically. So again, the first thing I would do is just make sure it's specific, make sure there's specific job requirements. The second thing I would do is really learn the culture of people working in the Philippines. There are specific things that they appreciate. So for example, bonuses, paying out bonuses to them is actually a big deal in the Philippines. Also, on top of that, they do have a lot of different holidays compared to, let's say, the United States. In the United States, there are a good amount of holidays, but there's actually more in the Philippines. And so being aware of just the different days and times that they're willing to work, and then also just remembering they are contractors, at least in the United States, you most likely won't be bringing them on as employees. So it is probably a better idea to treat them as contractors, obviously, and make it very clear what their roles are. Now, if you are interested in learning more about what makes a contractor, what makes an employee, at least in the state of California, uh, and also in other states in the United States, there's two specific kinds of laws. I'm not a lawyer, so don't take my word for this, but from what I've been consulted with with my legal team, there's what's called the ABC test, which essentially tests to see if these contractors are really contractors and not employees, and also the Borello laws, which also have been established to help employers determine if someone is an employee or a contractor. And this has come up a lot recently in recent news with places like Uber and other ones uh, like DoorDash, for example, when people are trying to figure out if somebody's an employee or a contractor. And so definitely read into your local state laws because they can apply broadly to if you're hiring contractors, employees, even in other countries. Now, the final thing to keep in mind with that is every single country is different in terms of how they work with other countries. And so they have different contractor laws. So you're going to want to read up on the Filipino contracting laws and making sure you're fully in compliance that you're not doing anything illegal because obviously that's not right for anyone. Now, the next thing I would say is that not only do you wanna understand their culture in terms of how they work, when they work, what you wanna have them charge you, what the right appropriate charging is for yourself, but also you wanna build a really good team. So one thing that we do every single day, which has been instrumental in making people feel really comfortable working with our team, is we will have standups three times per week where for a half an hour, three times per week, they meet with us to essentially go through any issues, talk to us about anything. And then we kind of, we try to keep it a really laid back environment. And, you know, I think every single person listening to the show has either worked with a client or been working at a company before starting their agency that wasn't really treating them well. And you could probably recall that in those situations, everyone felt really tense and everyone felt really stressed out. And usually it was the fault of the person in charge, stressing everyone out. And what I like to do is I do like to be kind of firm when I'm working with anyone, anyone on our team or anyone out, you know, any, anybody in general. So I do like to be firm, but I don't like to be aggressive. I don't like to be mean. I mean, spirited, et cetera. And so you want to keep everything light. You know, you could be direct and say, hey, just curious, is this going to get done by this date? Could you elaborate further and let me know if this is something that's going to actually happen? And, you know, if they say I'm delayed or I'm behind, then you can explore why. And I think that's appropriate as an employer or as a business owner working with contractors. But you want to make sure everything's really laid back because 
culturally, across the board, globally, everyone loves a laid back work environment. They love it when the person in charge is very friendly, very nice. And so even though working with people in the Philippines gives you a lot of advantages, you definitely want to be very respectful to them, their culture, the way they work, just like you would anyone else in any other culture. So make sure you're keeping that in mind. Now, the really cool thing about working with people in the Philippines as well is that they are open to working different hours than people here in the States. And that allows you to have a 24-7 work staff or 24-7 contractor force or whatever. And so the best part of that is you could have, let's say, 24-7 support where you have, let's say, your Philippines talent working in the mornings, EST, let's say, and then maybe, or even at night, PST or EST in the States, and then you could have your team in the United States working different times as well. And this could be a really interesting and cool experience for your clients. And so I would just say it gives you a lot of advantages. Personally, we've been offering this to our clients to have people work with our sales assistants, and they've been incredible. The way we do it for our clients is we essentially train them on our team. We have them do sales assistant work for us. And then after they're fully trained up and scaled, then we put them on client accounts. And so it's a bit of a cycle. So it starts off with us and then it goes to them. But, you know, over time, we kind of hand it off to them and and we make sure that they're quality. And so what I would say for you is just make sure that if you're going to scale this for clients or do it for yourself, that you have some kind of quality control mechanism. I will say as a final point, that in general, pretty much all the time, there's about a 30% success rate with anybody that you bring on as a contractor. Now, when you're working with people who are in other countries, that's a little bit higher of a failure rate than in the United States because you don't always know who these people are or you don't always know their backgrounds because they are in another country and may not have access to all the information. And so you have to be willing to constantly explore working with new people, constantly try to find new avenues of finding and sourcing new talent. And you have to be willing to have that process in place. Again, like I said earlier, you want to outline that beforehand, but have that process in place so that way when they come in, you can determine very quickly if they're a good fit for your organization as a contractor, and then you could either stop working with them or keep working with them. But you have to remember, there is going to be a high failure rate. So if you're going to pursue this whole system, you're going to need to be willing to bring on a lot of people train them or just give them information. Or if they're already trained, then just make sure that everything's good to go and they can start. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you're interested in launching your own call center or working with us with our call center, definitely let me know in the comments below. I'm also happy to answer any questions at all. Thank you.